KP, KPC, News, Information, Culture, KPCC, California Sensibility. Hey, I'm Amy Choi. And I'm Rebecca Lair, and we are the Mashup Americans. Okay, quick question. How long did it take you to watch Master of None? Well, <laughs> um, approximately six hours. I had to stand up twice to go to the bathroom and make some more popcorn. <laughs> yeah, but that was the only time he left, right? Yeah, of course. I was like, I got to get through. What's going to happen? <laughs> <laughs> the glory of binge watching. I yeah. think I stood up three times, but only because my children needed me, Ugh, which was children. annoying. I know. So boring. <laughs> Wait, so what was your favorite moment of the show? You know, there it's just there's so many little gems and treasures in that show um, that really reflect mashup life and being a person in your 30s and all this amazing stuff, somebody who's lived in New York or just urban people. It's so much good stuff. But one thing that felt so kind of sweet and accurate was um, one of our friends, Mega, pointed out, which is when um, Dev's parents come to visit him and meet his girlfriend, his white girlfriend, for the first time, and they bring her a little present, a, a, a necklace. Rachel, we bought you a small gift. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that. I hope you like it. Wow, I love it. Oh my God, thank you. And it's so, it's so much of Indian culture, you know, bringing somebody a gift. And it was so natural and so authentic and so small that if you weren't aware of that, you might not really think about it. But it really just gave it this sense of reality, which was just beautiful. Oh, that's so sweet. My favorite moment was watching um, the flashback of Brian's dad eating fresh chicken and rice in Taiwan. Mm -hmm. But it was after he had become BFF with the chicken and then had to kill it himself. Oh, God. Uh, killing a chicken is a total nightmare. I do Dude, not. I have done it, girl. What? Yeah, you just, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta stretch that chicken's neck. Just real fast. Oh, God. No, no. I don't even, I can't. I'm just I know. like, well, <laughs> I'll eat it I'm in hardcore. nugget form. I'm hard, more hardcore than most people would imagine, I think. <laughs> well, that is true. Um, <laughs> speaking of children. And so I think as many people did, obviously, we both became obsessed with Master of None, the show, and therefore, um, duh, obsessed with Alan Yang, who's the co-creator and executive producer of Master of None. He was also the inspiration for the character Brian on the show. Mm -hmm. And he's BFF with Aziz Ansari, who is BFF in my my BFF in my mind, you know, because of thank you, social media. <laughs> thank you, social media. <laughs> yeah. um, Alan was also a big time guy at Parks and Recreation. And also Alan Yang is kind of a dreamy. Dreamy guy, guys. Oh, he is such a dreamboat. Dreamboat central. <laughs> See our Instagram feed for proof. Do you hear how I just giggled like that? Yeah. That was crazy. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. Yeah, now our, our husbands have proof. Um, and <laughs> he came to our studios to talk about what they're dreaming up for season two. And it turns out he and Aziz are just starting to write and bat around ideas. They wanted to live a little between seasons. We had such a fun conversation. We asked about it dating, his grandma, what it's like to be the big boss, um, which we wanted to know a lot about. And Amy, I have to tell you, of all the stuff out there in the world, I really think that Master of Nine will help make America great again. Rebecca, America's already great. Okay, true. <laughs> On to the show.
Rebecca and I actually have a business idea yeah, that we sure. would like to throw by you. <laughs> um, it's a bar, mm-hmm. and uh, some of the names we're kicking around are K's and J's. Okay. A's and J's. Or A's and J's. Just to, so you up. feel more included. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you couldn't tell, the theme is model minority. We were wondering how, which name do you like? Would you attend our bar? <laughs> Everybody's invited, but there's like really high expectations that you might not always live up to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there should be alternating nights where like one night it's for your parents and one night it's for you. So like it's, it's like, <laughs> but it should like there should be a, a thing that flips around so it's revolving. So mm. one night it's. <laughs> caters to our generation and then the next night it's a parents generation special so it's like I don't know what they're I, into. We, we, we dress up as doctors. Yeah. <laughs> That's very possible. Or there could be a night in which you just fabricate your whole career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that stuff phones me. I, I think you know partly is like my my sister became a lawyer and she's older than I am yeah. so I think she may have taken a bullet of not a bullet I mean not being a lawyer is not a bullet I'm just saying <laughs> she did it for you well she, you know they they said well one of the kids doing something normal I mean oh, that, I mean, probably I helps you. right my big sister was an investment banker yeah it, well what is, what is she now she, oh well she retired oh okay but yeah I mean <laughs> I like she that. did fine yeah exactly <laughs> that That's sounds pretty I'm sweet saying. yeah exactly <laughs> uh, I think maybe the older kid often has more of a I don't feeling responsibility or they're maybe they're on top of their stuff more. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like being the younger. We're all younger yeah. here, so we're in yeah, a safe totally. space. It feels like it. I felt that walking. Yeah. Um, what did or do you call your grandma? Uh, I guess I say Ama, which is a Chinese name for her. But it's this is kind of in the show too. It's like she doesn't speak English, and I don't speak Chinese, so. Uh, when we have phone calls, it is just her talking and me going, uh-huh, uh, all right, uh, okay, <laughs> putting mom back on. And, you know, she's very active on Facebook now. So, That's but she, your grandma, yeah, is? So she only posts uh, in Chinese, so I generally have to take a photo and send it to my mom and say, what did grandma post on this thing? And I sent, she had posted some, Trail. I posted a, a, a like a promotional trailer for season two. It's like ah, it's coming out whenever. And my grandma had posted about it and it had some Chinese characters or something. And I sent it to my mom. Said, "What did this say?" Because I was like, "Oh, maybe it's maybe she's proud or maybe it has some." Oh, and then <laughs> my mom said she wrote, uh, "Alan went to Harvard and majored in biology, but he didn't want to do that, so he's doing this." <laughs> No comment on whether it was good or bad. Just a fact. Just a fact. Not, not, oh, no God. value judgment on whether it was cool that like there was the show on or that. Yeah, no sort of response to that. Wait, so I, I, I fear that there may be some people who are losing in life and have not watched the show and don't know what it's about. So for those people, can you, t- can you just describe Master of None in your words? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is going to be a very uh, discursive and not <laughs> succinct definition, but yeah, it, it's so it's about um, it focuses on a character named Dev who's thirty years old and lives in New York, and he's an actor by profession, but it's not really his passion. And it's basically about anything that happens in his life that is about something we find interesting. And I know that's not a very good definition, but we want it to be as broad a show as possible. If we wanted to do a show that's mostly flashbacks in 60s and 50s Taiwan and India, we'll do that. If you know, there's a show that's 
kind of about feminism and, and, and difficulties that women face that men not, don't necessarily face. And what I'm saying is that there are a lot of subtle little things that happen to me and all women, even in our little progressive world. And when somebody, especially my boyfriend, tells me that I'm wrong without having any way of knowing my personal experience, it's insulting. Okay, I get that. Well, I mean, I guess there's no way I'll ever really know what it's like to be in your shoes, so I'll try to do a better job of listening, right? Or an episode that's just Aziz and an older lady. We can do that. So, so All of my favorites. <laughs> so yeah. it's just stuff we got excited about, and when we talked about it with each other and with people in the writer's room and our friends and our family we try to put as much of those real conversations into the show as possible. We wanted it to feel, we wanted those dinner scenes to feel like scenes uh, that you have in your real life, but maybe a tiny bit funnier and a tiny bit more thought out a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, we love that. I mean, we talk a lot about, you know, how the, the closer you get to the real details is actually the more universal the story becomes, right? So like, Getting into a flashback in Taiwan or India and like really talking about the family history, that actually breaks open the story instead of closing it off. Man, that was pretty crazy what my dad was talking about, working at a zipper factory. I never knew that. You know something about your dad's backstory? I mean, I know the big points. He was poor. He was in another country. It was tough. All of us first-generation kids, we had these amazing lives. It's all because our parents made these crazy sacrifices. And we never thank them. Like, we do nothing to thank them. And um, I wonder, you know, we have found sometimes you're like, I want to share this. I want to share this. It's such a great story. And then you're like, eh, is somebody going to get mad? Or, like, is a parent going to get embarrassed? Or, like, will this hurt somebody's feelings? Did you worry about that at all in the process? Uh, I don't think we really. Maybe, maybe I'm insensitive, but I wasn't really <laughs> worried about whether my dad would be offended. But I will say he was really essential research and Aziz's dad was too because as we were researching that episode we called our parents because Mm -hmm. those were the real stories man that was real my dad grew up in a village called Tiger Tail which was a small village and you know the real story is actually even crazier than what we ended up depicting because (laughs) yeah his dad like it's too crazy water (laughs) buffalo yeah yeah, man his dad died when he was one Mm -hmm. so his mom had three kids and he was the youngest one and people in the village told her to give him up for adoption because she didn't have the resources to take care of three kids you know she worked in a factory making the sacks that rice came in Mm. and so she didn't have a ton of money. Oh, so, really? That's so, not a high paying job. So, you know, they're like, give, give him up for adoption. She was really stubborn. She kept him, and he ended up being a real star in that family. He did really well in school, and, and it's all kind of test based there. So, he did really well on this one standardized test in chemistry, and then he got to go to a straight medical program. But, you know, that stuff, I just never had seen any story like that on TV, and, and, and Aziz hadn't seen a story like his dad's story on TV. So, we were like, man, let's just, let's just shoot it. And who cares if Aziz is in that 10 minutes of the episode? Because to us, that was really powerful. And we wanted to see a depiction of, of those struggles. And he does send me 
articles from The Economist that say the world's going to end or whatever. <laughs> but it's not, you know, he's, he's not meaning to bring me down. My mom's a little bit more upbeat and energetic and talkative and, you know, likes to be funny and stuff. So yeah. maybe we'll put her in the show at some point. And they're not married anymore. No, they're divorced as hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because you've mentioned that your dad has a girlfriend. Yes. Yeah. So my mom is remarried. She uh, She's married to a retired nuclear scientist. Wow. guy. And my dad has a serious girlfriend now. But yeah. are, are they there... both dating? On... We're going to ask the same question. Yeah. Yes. Are they both dating and married to other Taiwanese people? So my mom is, and my mm-hmm. dad is dating a white person. <gasps> <laughs> so what is that like? Uh, you know, he. It's cool, man. I mean, I've dated white people. He's dated white people. <laughs> We're all on the same page here. Totally. But, uh, but uh, no. yeah, no, he. You know, it, it's interesting, man. My dad's an interesting dude. He. Of all the immigrants I've met, you know, basically people who came as adults because he came as an adult, he speaks some of the best English I've ever, I've ever, of anyone I've ever met in that context. You know, he, um, for whatever reason, has this aptitude for language and is, is really good at it. And my mom's good at English too, but she has a kind of a heavier accent. Um, and so I don't know. I mean, my dad was, it was funny, man. He was meeting people on eHarmony. And <laughs> so, yeah. So I think he met some people that he liked. And, and his, I think he met his girl, girlfriend there. But do you think that that, abil- that language or affinity for language, um, like, gave him more cultural kind of fluidity? It's possible. I yeah. mean, we were in a place where there just weren't that many Asian people at the time. Yeah, Riverside? He, yeah, so he moved to San Bernardino, Riverside area, and that's where he, he was a doctor, so he worked at a hospital in San Bernardino. And, you know, I, yeah, I, I don't even know, like, it's a weird thing, like, who are his friends and stuff? I guess there were some Asian people that he could talk to. I don't yeah. think my parents had some Asian friends. Yeah. But, you know, I had, you know, friends of all, all, all kinds of all kinds of races and stuff. So right. That's kind of depicted in the show. <laughs> right. Well, that's, I mean, that's one of the things that we love the most about the show is it actually, like, looks like our lives. Yeah, yeah. And that, that's like, you know, that was no statement or anything. That's the thing. It's like, yeah. people are like, I love how diverse it is. It's like, oh, yeah, I guess, you know, that's like when we go out to eat, the people will just look like that. And and to, to your point, it's exactly right that the more specific and honest you are, Somehow, the more universal it gets because mm-hmm. there's something about the essential emotional truth of the story exactly. that's relatable. It's not necessarily about the details, but you know, people have come up to me and said, "Oh, that's like my grandmother from Poland's story," or Absolutely. or even if it doesn't, it's not even about the immigration. It's about my dad grew up in Detroit and he sacrificed so much so that I could be a dumb comedy writer or whatever you end up doing in life you know (laughs) to get that freedom and to have that opportunity to 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 be what you want to be or at least try you know even even the ability to try is what's important like when when I told my parents I wanted to try to write and 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 write jokes or whatever they're like yeah you have that's why we're here you know, oh, like, like, we have so many follow-up <laughs> questions. Okay, speaking of your parents and support, and we know you talked, you just talked about yeah. how they are supportive. Yeah, but we know, and we know you went to Harvard yeah. and studied biology. That's right. Is right. So, of course, of course. Duh. So, was there ever an expectation that you would pursue something more traditional for a first-generation Asian kid? I never really felt it, man. I I gotta give a shout out to my parents. They're really 
open-minded and cool and 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 it's borne out by how they've sort of supported me throughout all this weird stuff that I'm trying to do and I mean I didn't know what I do now was a job when I was a kid so there's no expectation that they would know what it was right. I mean it wasn't until I got to college that I had any sort of understanding that people wrote those shows I kind of assumed the actors just made stuff up or whatever <laughs> I mean I, I wasn't in the industry I didn't know anyone in, totally. in entertainment and so you know, I majored in biology because I, I liked the humanities a lot, liked writing and English and, and literature, but I also, you know, liked science and math and was interested in both. So I was like, well, I'll kind of hedge my bets. If I do biology, I can kind of still do anything. You know, yeah. if I ended up wanting to do business or law or whatever, I could still do that. I just didn't really know. And so um, I found something that I really wanted to do, and that was really that was really liberating. And, and you know, it you were on the Lampoon. That's the luxury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got on this comedy magazine called the Lampoon, where there were a lot of smart idiots like me. <laughs> right? It was like you know you, you you know they were intelligent people, but they were also really funny. And 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 I, I just wanted to hang out in that Lampoon building and and try to be funny. <laughs> so, yeah, totally. It's <laughs> really fun. What we love again about. Master of None is that it's just nothing feels contrived. Nothing is contrived, right? It's just a real reflection of the lives that like people our generation are living. Um, why? Why is that the first time this has ever happened? Or why does it feel like this is the first time this has ever happened? Well, that's the high praise. I mean, I can only speak to what our kind of process was while doing it, and a lot of the standard was would it happen in real life? I know that sounds yeah. silly, but there is a thing where you know, you're making stories, right? You're also creating and writing stories and, and producing them, and you want stuff to happen, to right. put it in really dumbed-down terms, and you want there to be surprises, and you want there to be twists and turns and escalations, and you want the story to feel important. But can we craft a story that accomplishes all those goals and engages the audience, but also feels like it wouldn't be insane if it actually happened to you? Well, you said before the next season that you like needed to do some living, and yeah. um, so does that, you know, you know, Brian, you yeah, how you live in. So it's like, you know, Brian, is, who's kind of sort of you, right? Yeah, a little he, bit. He There's was elements. dating a lot of yeah, And Brian's a babe. How do you feel about, you yeah. know? Hey, man, you know, it's just we're trying to be as real to life as possible. <laughs> yeah, we're just right. trying to be really true to life. You're like, I got to text him yeah. all. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was actually important to us. That was actually a thing where... Aziz and I talked about this while we were making the show, and not only did we never see any Asian lead characters or any Indian lead characters growing up on TV, very few side characters even, but more importantly, very few lead characters. Um, I, the thing I kept saying to him was I'd never seen an Asian guy kiss a woman. Totally. <laughs> it just never happened, mm -hmm. and we're just getting to the point where that's happening. Yeah. And so, you know, we were talking to each other, and we were like, well, listen, we've dated people. I mean, we go on dates. We kiss people. Yeah. You know, sometimes we have sex with people. Yeah. It happens. Ah! So <laughs> I, we just thought it'd be kind of funny. You know, okay, so ordinarily you see a ladies' man character on TV. You don't associate with an Asian guy. And Calvin's, as you said, a very good-looking guy. So we're like, yeah, it's very plausible that this guy is texting girls constantly. <laughs> totally, That's yeah. totally, totally plausible. Coming up, Senor Alan Yang talks to us about what he spends money on that his parents never would. Hint, it's takeout and Bud Light. Keeping it classy, Alan. <laughs> oh, so classy. Um, and we think you'll love a great article we have on our site, mashupamericans.com, from our sick friend, Winty Singh. 
11 questions you have about my turban, but we're too afraid to ask. Among the things you'll learn, it's sick, not seek. Sick, not seek. And now, back to the show. We all have personalities. We have personalities just like white people do. <laughs> personalities just like so. Yes, growing up, you could be, uh, you know, a young black lesbian woman and identify most with George Costanza, of course. Right. Yeah. Like that, that. That's like that's that's. Yeah. Not, we're not totally. saying that's not the case. Yeah. But I I, I said uh, this thing when we we got that Critics Choice Award thing, but I meant it because yes. it's specifics. Because if you haven't portrayed those characters you're never going to get those specificities mm -hmm. so yeah. you don't you know like you don't know what it's like to be an indian american man we actually have that audio if you didn't hear it here it is uh thank you to my friends and family and also thank you to uh thank you to all the straight white guys who dominated movies and tv so hard for so long that stories about anyone else seem kind of fresh and original now because <laughs> you guys just crushed it for so long that anything else seems kind of kind of different. Um, all right, Aziz, you want to talk? Now it seems like I wanted you guys to play that. <laughs> like we had it set up. First of all, how many cocktails did you have? Uh, we we were letting it flow, man. It was a good night. It was a good night. Yeah. Wait, is that when you went to Gibson Hana? Gypsy Hana? Gypsy Hana was after that. I didn't go to, with, with Aziz to Gypsy Hana, but we did talk to Tyrese uh, after the. Uh, this sounds crazy, but we that was at the Golden Globes. Yeah. We we, uh, we were we were at the Golden Globes and. And, Which is uh, already pretty cool. Uh, insane. It's insane. <laughs> I mean, look, it's it's all insane. But this is a really, what's really crazy is afterwards, we were walking to an after party, I think the Netflix after party, and, and you leave the building and just walk across the street or something. And we were walking across the street with Tyrese and Helen Mirren. <laughs> Of course, because I think they're I think they're either dating or probably best friends. Yeah, no, I think they were randomly walking with us. And oh, if Helen Mirren were dating Tyrese, <laughs> oh my god, and, and please stop. Tyrese was really high energy and being funny or whatever, and then Helen Mirren came up to Aziz and and me and said, "Oh, I've been watching your show. I'm a really big fan of your limited series. I just like that she called it a limited <laughs> series." Which was really it's delightful, and it was my favorite thing, and I could never, and she's my favorite person. It was, it was fun, man. Wait, so I mean, the speech. Yeah. I mean, hilarious, <laughs> but also so true. And also, I mean, like, how many times in your life have you been like, oh, my dad uh, grew up in Taiwan, and somebody's like, that's so interesting. And you're like, is it? Is that so interesting? Yeah. That's yeah. also just life. Yes. Yeah. And I think that's part of it, man. I think you take it for granted, and you don't realize what you actually went through, your specifics are probably more interesting than a lot of the things you might fabricate. And that's one thing we try to do with the show is talk to real people and, mm -hmm. and, and really get, get stories because, you know, often the, 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 the craziest stuff is the real stuff. Being seen, I think Shonda Rhimes talks about this. Yep. We like to pretend we're friends with her. We're not, but in our hearts we are. <laughs> oh, she's waiting outside. She, oh. she drove me here, so oh, she's in the she car. Is, you guys so can pop out. She has a Tesla. Um, <laughs> she, she, we, we're like best friends. Yeah. So I drive her to stuff. She drives me to one interview I do a year. <laughs> Shondies. Uh, but she talks about sort of normalizing, right? That's like LGBT, uh, you know, women and um, anybody of color is actually way more than 50% of the population. Yes. So we're just normalizing that. But she, And she talks about it's so important to see yourself, but it's just as important to see people who don't look like you. Yeah. And that's part of, I think, what we're talking about. It's like you this like storytelling insight, which is so exciting. That's great, man. God bless. Like she's a, a media empire. Yeah. And she's just like all of these shows. It's all of these 
these characters were coming such a variety of looks and sort of jobs and everything and and they're massive hits. Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. They're massive hits. Yeah, like and, all the money. And, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's just throwing it in the faces of anyone being like, you know, we need the lead to be a 25-year-old handsome person who looks this way. Yeah. That's just not the case. Totally. That's just not the case. Totally. Like, right. Is that going to be the most interesting thing? No. And again, it's like, we've seen it, right? We've seen right. it a lot. So yeah. maybe <laughs> let's try something else for a second and see if people respond to it. And and you have to make it good. You have to make it great Yeah. for, for people to respond. But give it a shot, right? I mean, we have enough sort of pretty people doing pretty people things. Look, so, uh, we all watch those shows too. But yeah, but let's tr- let's try. I love let's, pretty people. <laughs> so do I, man. Whenever I talk to it, I'm like, you're really smart and fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's like Amy Schumer's joke about what's some model, Kate Upton. She's, yeah. When all of her guy friends like, she's so funny. She's like, she's not funny. <laughs> That's not true. It's hard, man. It's hard when someone's attractive, even if it's like attractive guy. I like them. <laughs> it's like, man, you're handsome. <laughs> Um, so we do this oh. thing. It's called the mashup speed round. Okay. It is fun, funny questions, really getting into like your mashiness. Okay. Um, quick, easy. You don't have to think too hard. Cool. Okay. So right. um, what's always in your fridge? Just drinks, no food. All I ever do is get Postmates. <laughs> <laughs> what drinks? Uh this is I'll get crucified for saying this, but uh, Bud Light and me and me and my buddy uh, uh, Dave, who's a chef, we bond over the fact that we like Bud Light, even though it's the worst beer. <laughs> but you don't like the lime one or whatever the. Flavor. No, that's garbage. Okay. Uh, so I de- I usually I generally have a variety of beers for people when they come over, and maybe some white wine from when people come over. And that's you guys said that. Not me, man. I was like talking about me and my bros watching basketball. Drinking white wine. And drinking a, a, light, a nice night, like light minerally uh, yeah. Chenin Blanc. Um, we also, we're going to ask you what kind of dating advice you got from your parents. Ooh, uh, my parents generally never talk to me about anything like that. So that's their advice is to wait till Alan introduces us to anyone and then be nice to them. That's what they've generally done and stayed out of the way. You know, I again, I have to I have to give it up for them because I think there's a stereotype of Asian parents and you know, Asian moms especially as being sort of meddlesome or, you know, naggy or whatever and my mom's a delight man she's so funny and it's and amazing. and has never been like when are you getting married or like you should be a lawyer or a doctor or whatever they don't i'm sure they were worried because what i chose to do certainly career-wise was very crazy and borderline incomprehensible to most people much less people who hadn't grown up here but they were always, I don't know whether it was that they believed in me or that they were worried and never said anything, but they were always very supportive. And, you know, personal life-wise, like, they, you know, I've probably introduced them to three girlfriends in my life, and they've always just been really sweet, and they don't, they never criticize like that. I don't know. I think I'm just lucky in that respect, so. Although I will say a lot of our mashups do say that they just, no one ever talked Yes, about well, it's a the- combination of, well, is it being 
like cool and sort of permissive, <laughs> yeah. or is it just I'm emotionally an idiot <laughs> and I don't want to engage? <laughs> yeah, probably yeah, a little exactly. both. <laughs> the answer is often uh, I didn't. Get yeah, to yeah. Or it was a little racist. D- yes, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> no, but my parents yeah. are really open minded about it. Look, my dad's dating a white person. Come on. So a couple more questions, sure. which is so: Is there anything that you feel really <laughs> guilty about? Uh you know. There isn't a dramatic thing. It's more like, huh, could I have, and this is a little bit in the parents episode, but it, it's, could I have been more appreciative and more empathetic about what was going on? And um, I don't think I was a particularly emotionally intelligent child or teenager for that matter. And that's not to give myself a pass because you're a kid. You know, some people are sort of more attuned to that stuff. And I think my emotional maturity came a lot later in my life. Not to say I'm there yet by any stretch of the imagination, but um, you know, just relating to, you know, what your parents are going through. You know, my parents also got divorced and, and, and I kind of wish I had been there for them a little more or had been better at communicating. And look, it's not completely one-sided. That's a little bit on them too. And then we, we make that point in the episode where, Hey, it's like, not like they're trying to have heart to hearts with me all <laughs> right. the time either, but you know, you know, a more self-possessed, emotionally mature 16-year-old or something might have done a better job. I don't feel guilt about it per se, but in an, in an example of life imitating art, since the parents episode, we've had, we've talked more. And then that's, you know, kind of a cool byproduct. There's There's that line in the episode of Asian parents don't have the capacity to say they're proud of you or whatever. And the day after the premiere of our show you know you know my family flew out to new york and and saw the premiere and stuff and the next day both my dad and my mom separately texted me that they were proud of me and they knew that i worked hard and that's you know (laughs) that's That's crazy that's crazy grandma shared that and then my grandma shared the post and said he is he is this is his job now no explanation or sort of praise or approval take what as you will you yeah you be the judge of whether this is a good or bad thing he has a show on netflix now um is there anything you can tell us about the next season, like where where we're going or something we can get excited about? God, I wish I could, because that would mean I would know what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have some we have some ideas yeah. that, that um, we're very excited about. Uh, Aziz and I talk on the phone every day now, and uh, we are expanding those phone calls to be like, okay, what are we really doing? What are we? most passionate about what are some arcs we see what are the sort of one-offs um we have an idea of what we feel like has been working well in the show denise <laughs> she's fired no we love we love lena we oh. love, she, she's so funny man and i still remember you know she was one of i think the first person allison jones our casting director sent us just to sit down and chat with her and she wasn't really even an actress she's a writer and she's just so terrific and funny um but yeah we have we have some ideas of what we might like to do and and we'd like to again like i said earlier try to surprise people and do things that are a little bit unusual so well we saw that obviously the great new york uh times piece is with um Aziz writing about going back to India. Yes. Going back to India, going to India. Yes. Have you been to Taiwan? That, I've been to Taiwan. Here's the shame. Oh, here's something I feel guilty about. <laughs> I haven't been to Taiwan since I was eight years old. That something like that. That's a long time ago. Uh, roughly, I was smarter back then, like we mentioned. <laughs> but, but yeah, I need to go back. I, and I, I love to travel. I've been, I've been to 
many other parts of Asia now, and and I need to go back to Taiwan for sure. For sure, it's 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 that is kind of a true shame because my sister's way more in touch with uh you know her family and and she speaks Chinese and I don't and she lived in Taiwan for a summer and she took Chinese in college and you know her nanny only speaks Chinese and meanwhile I'm over here. Theoretically, doing a show that has some Asian elements in it—I don't know anything. <laughs> but you have to represent all of us, though. Don't you know <laughs> every single no one? It's gotta be, yeah, I know. I understand it. It's, next, yeah, next year's show is just a scroll. It's just an essay, like encompassing every person's experience in America. <laughs> There's no jokes. It's just a list of experiences. We talk um, to everybody. Yes, so this just is what they said. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I'd like to go back for sure. Well. We don't want to eat up, you know, your whole day, even though we happily will. But, um, you know, I think something that uh, we always like to ask our guests and the people that we admire so much, um, you know, what advice would you give to somebody who is straddling two cultures, who might feel a little bit on the outside? You know, I think what is really great for younger people right now is that Master of None exists. You know, that that's something that we're all, you know, in our 30s when we were younger, when we were teenagers, we talked about it. It wasn't really there before. What advice would you give to somebody who feels maybe a little bit lonely or like like they don't fit in or they're not sure how to get started in doing something or like really bringing their whole self Mm -hmm. into whatever situation they're in? That's a great, great question, and there's no easy answer, but I would say there's a few great things about being that kind of person. Say you're a younger person who's straddling two cultures right now or feels like an outsider. The first thing I'd say is it's a great time to be in that situation as opposed to, say, the 50s or the 60s <laughs> the 70s or even the 80s. And so if things are getting better every day, and and I just feel like I'm blown away by how open-minded I sound old saying this, but younger people are because they're they're growing up right now. Like you were saying, they're growing up right now. We got all these, we got crazy TV stars and musicians and movie stars who we're we're more diverse now than ever. Long way to go, yeah. but we're more diverse now than ever. Second thing, if you feel like you're in between cultures and you're alone in your high school or your junior high or whatever, it's like that's what's making you really unique and special and weird, and that's great. And I know that's can be hard it's hard for me sometimes and i'm old ass dude like you know but that's what's going to make your thoughts and your your ideas and your if you're a creative person the the stuff that you're making that's what's going to make you special and interesting and have a cool perspective and the third piece of advice i would say is let's say you feel really different you're like at a sports school and you're into punk rock or whatever i would say yes Go full force at that one thing that you like, that th- you think makes you different or you feel like an outsider at. But I would also say be open-minded and maybe you might try writing for the newspaper or doing something you wouldn't think you would like. And you feel like those people are are, 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 are idiots or jerks. But if you try, sometimes you might like something you don't originally think you would like. And that's happened to me many times in my life. And and to shut your, yourself off to stuff, I think, is a is a pathway towards towards isolation and feeling alone. So I would say try new things and and know that what makes you feel like an outsider and an underdog is what makes you special and great in, in many in many circumstances. That is just the best advice I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you so much, Alan. This was awesome. Thanks for having me. It was really fun.
love Alan Yang. And I love the <laughs> advice he gives. You do you mashups. If something makes you feel weird, just keep doing it. It's what makes you awesome. I'm inspired by Mr. Yang. Me too. I love being a weirdo. It makes me feel I love great. that you're a weirdo. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you are. So, Thank you. <laughs> uh, season two is going to be so awesome. I cannot wait to see it. Oh, and we're going to add something a little new this week to give you more Mash of Americans in your life that we're going to call E Algo Mas, just a little something else we want to share with you. Un poquito mas, sí. <laughs> okay, well, so today in Algo Mas, you guys know that at Mashup HQ, we're super interested in rituals from different cultures and how people around the world celebrate different life milestones like a marriage or a birth. So this week on MashupAmericans.com, We've got a story on becoming Baha'i. Liz Dwyer, one of our great contributors, tells us about her son's coming-of-age ceremony where he announces his commitment to the Baha'i faith. Um, quick factoid, obviously, he was inspired by his friend's bar mitzvah. Obviously, who isn't inspired by a bar mitzvah? Great coming-of-age situation, great speeches, great dancing, and, of course, Shirley Temples. The Shirley Temple, the little cherry in the Shirley Temple gets me. Oh, my God. Love it. <laughs> Love it. While you're at our site, sign up for our weekly newsletter of mashup stories from around the world. The Mashup Americans are me, Amy Choi. And me, Rebecca Lair. Our show is produced by American Public Media and Southern California Public Radio, KPCC. We're also supported in part by an award from the National Endowment for the Arts and the web at arts.gov. Besos. Arrivederci. To know you, baby, yeah. I've been telling you how. So-